Welcome to Auto Off Topic. Hey, Brad. Good evening, Andrew. How goes life? Pretty good. Pretty good. Um, Excellent to hear. Oh, uh, automotive-wise or non-automotive-wise? Anything. Anything you want to talk about. Okay. Mm, Nothing, really. It's been, it was kind of a, it was kind of a down week. There's not a lot of huge updates. I have a couple of updates when we get to project car stuff. A couple of other things happened in my, my car life. Um, yeah, I guess we'll start with the big one. I sold the Volkswagen. Yeah, I, uh, I saw that. So might as well jump right into it. Was that through, um, Facebook marketplace? Yep, Facebook Marketplace. It's funny because I had basically said if it didn't sell by last weekend, I was going to go ahead and do a couple of uh, the body repairs that I've talked about. Yeah. And submit it for auction, one of the online auction sites. But in a twist of fate, somebody wanted to look at the car on Sunday mm-hmm. and they liked it and they told me they'd buy it. So I was like, all right, well, chat tomorrow because it's Sunday and we can't really do anything with the bank right now. So he, true to his word, came the next day and we went over all the financials and he paid me some money and he uh, picked it up Tuesday night. So all went well. Hmm. It was another case of the world is smaller than you think it is. Oh, yeah. I mean, I live in a town of 5 million people, Mm -hmm. right? It's not small. I shouldn't say town. I mean, city, obviously, is the word (laughs) I should be using here. Yeah. A really big town, you know, a city. So I live in a city of 5 million people. And the gentleman who bought the car not only has the same career that I had for the past most of my life. He's an insurance right. appraiser. We have mutual contacts, which we learned through, you know, doing the deal all on Facebook that aren't in the auto insurance world. They're just like other people in our lives. So it's just a really strange way to like really determine how small the world is. Are they like, you know, mutual car friends? No, not car friends at all. Unrelated to cars and car stuff. Girlfriends? Like what? (laughs) No, it's um, uh, bicycle friends. Oh, okay. So he's a bike rider. And obviously, you know, I ride bikes a lot more than I used to because Naomi is a bike rider. So I have bicycle people friends here, too. And they had mutual connections with this guy who's buying my car. It's a very so, bike rider-ish car. Yeah, I, I can see that. I can see that. He had a Jeep Cherokee or Grand Cherokee. He said the letter designation for it. Maybe it was Maybe it's a Wrangler. I forget what it was. He said something in J, so that's probably a Wrangler, right? Sure. I think so. <laughs> anyway, he had transmission issues, and he uses the vehicle for being a you know field appraiser for the insurance company. So driving a Jeep with $4.60 a gallon is uh, not ideal. Yeah. So he was looking for something that was a little more fuel efficient, and I guess his brother has owned a couple of TDI Volkswagens. So he's been looking for a wagon and came across mine and we struck a deal that I think is fair for both of us. And uh, he's happy and I'm happy. And now I have 
paid off some debts and have a pocket full of cash and looking to make bad choices. Mm. So, yeah. Good stuff. It was uh, one of the smoothest transactions I think I've ever had as far as selling a car. You know, he was just a super agreeable guy. Wound up chatting to him most of the day on Monday, just back and forth over text. And then when he came to pick the car up, his wife and Naomi hit it off and they were chatting and he took the car away. And the next day he texted me after he got it registered and said, all right, everything's all set. We chatted a little more and he's like, uh, obviously, you know, this is a pretty cool car. Obviously you took care of it very well over the years. He goes, and uh, you guys seem pretty cool. I'll let you guys buy you guys a drink some night. And we're like, oh, cool. <laughs> so we have new friends. There you go. <laughs> Sold a car, made some friends. So it uh, doesn't usually work out that well, but it worked out pretty well. The, um, didn't you say that they had test driven another one that had a clutch job that wasn't? Didn't dr- they had test driven a bunch yeah. of them, and they test drove another one that had a clutch replacement about the same time yeah. mine did. And he said that it did not drive anywhere near as nicely as mine did. Hmm. So my assumption is that they did the flywheel replacement, and probably didn't replace everything. Right. You know the slave cylinder and all the hydraulics and the actual clutch assembly itself because when i took when my car was taken apart i could have reused the clutch and all the hydraulics stuff but it was one of those things where it was like i'm not going to to do that i'm going to the things apart i might as well spend a few hundred more dollars yeah you like don't you don't do that it's a while you're in there thing you always just do the clutch (laughs) a hundred a hundred percent it doesn't make any sense so it's definitely I wonder if that was the deal or not, but he said that he looked at a bunch of them. Mine was, you know, after he closed the deal with me, of course, he didn't let me in on us talking points beforehand, but um, he said that mine was by far the nicest one, even accounting for the body damage in the front. He said the interior was nice. He's looking for a non-sunroof car because he knows the yep. sunroof cars have <laughs> issues. And he said he looked at one of the sunroof and a couple of the sunroof and every one of them had sagging headliners and one of them actually had the sunroof was cocked shut so that it wouldn't leak. So he was not looking for one of those. He wanted one without a sunroof. And uh, I think that my car was probably, I, I I like to think that, you know, even though the market is crazy and cars are worth more than they used to be, I still think mine was one of the nicest, most fairly priced cars in the market. Probably. So there wasn't a lot of haggling. I got, I mean, I, I put a little padding in my asking price and I got what I really wanted for the car in the yeah. end anyway. So, I mean, that's, how you play the game yeah right? i mean that's a known thing on so, the golfs um, don't get the panel roof do not get the panel roof no it's not good so but yeah no i'm, I'm happy it went to a good home i actually gave him my crossbars as well that i had for the car just because i like the yeah. guy i don't have anything else they fit right now so he was stoked on that and he stoked it had a trailer hitch so he can put his bike right yep. on that and uh, i'm sure i'll see it around because he only lives about you know five and a half miles from here oh, <laughs> so random. it didn't go far yeah, no, it wound up being, like I said, a pretty pretty good transaction, and we have new bike friends, and life is good. So, no more updates on the Volkswagen ever, because it's gone. Yeah, I mean, speaking of Volkswagens, I uh, I couldn't mind Saturday morning start up. You know, you you like get your, you, know, you start the car, you get your phone set up for like music. I was like figuring out what I wanted and like plugged it in. And like, I felt a little stumble, but you know, whatever, it's cold idle. I look up, check engine lights on. I'm like, okay, cool. <laughs> Volkswagen <laughs> I just, life. I just gotten gas the same place I got gas before, and the check engine light came on. So I was like, well, that'd be weird if I got bad gas again, especially because the car sat for like it would mean two they're, weeks. They're, it would mean their tanks are probably it's, 
but I like tanks. Yeah. Because because full of water. gas is so expensive, I got regular gas there. And they're also like a oh, cheap jerk. Your car's just mad at you. Maybe. And they're a super busy station. Like, always busy. Okay. So I was like, all right, whatever. And uh, later on in the day, I get over. I had to go change the ignition switch in my grandfather's S7 Volvo. So that was over at my dad's house. Um, it was like, that was like real quick. That was like having a hard time. Like you turn it all the way to start. It was like stiff. So like, okay. I don't know. I figured it was electrical part of the switch. It seemed to be, it seems to be a little better. I mean, I don't know. Car's 22 years old and has like 70,000 miles on it. So yeah, it doesn't get driven enough. It's more, it's, it's, (laughs) it's a lot of start and stops. That's true. It's only driven around town and he goes, drives to coffee, drives to get the paper, drives home, just turns it off, starts it a lot. Yeah. So they price a lot more. And like without the switch, the tumbler was really nice. So I don't know. Hmm. Anyway, uh, I grabbed the scanner that my dad's got because I don't have one at my house. Plug it in. I'm like, well, let's see what this is. If it's if it's bad fuel, I'll just clear it and throw some like octane booster in it. Look at it. Uh, cylinder three misfire. I'm like, okay, that's weird. <laughs> yeah, that's not good in a brand new car. Uh, yeah, because I have like eighteen thousand miles in the car. All right, well, uh, let's go do a visual inspection. So I open the hood. And it's got that plastic cover on the top of the engine, which on German cars you just—it's like on these little pins, you just pop it off. And, yeah, they're like rubber grommets yeah. with plastic pins in them, and it is filled with maple helicopters. Okay. Poop. For those who don't know what maple helicopters are that don't live in New England, they're the seed pods that when they fall out of the tree, they helicopter yep. to the ground. And for those who don't know what poop is, I'm sorry, I can't help you there. So, yeah, come to find out, uh, this is not mice. Um, this is very specific chipmunks gather these. Cause it, very specific? Like it's chip and dip? Yeah. yeah it, it's, very uh, specific. Rescue rangers are living in my yard. Um, Perfect. They, so, like, mice will, like, gather up, like, they'll pull, like, insulation out of your engine compartment and, like, make a nest, right? Mm-hmm. Chipmunks apparently burrow. This is their burrow, and they only defecate inside of their burrow. Nowhere else. This is so that somebody needs to teach them that you don't shit where you eat. Yeah. So they don't. They do this because they don't like. They don't want predators to find them. So okay. Uh, I don't know. Everything was stuffed in there between like the two coil packs. Maybe, you know, there's a lot of this big magnetic field from a coil pack. Maybe the dampness of the leaves or whatever caused interference, made one sure. misfire. Maybe chipmunk urine yeah. caused your period. I don't know. Fire. I cleaned it all out, vacuumed it out, cleared the code. It hasn't come back. Uh, if you had a diesel, you would have had direct urea yeah. injection. I got to, um, <laughs> I got to get in there and I'm like, the engine was hot, so I was like, when the engine's cold and been sitting, I gotta get in there and pressure wash it all out. Yeah, that's super annoying because it's not like the car sits for weeks at a time. No, it gets like driven a lot. I mean, it sat for two weeks while I was working. <laughs> sure, but still, it gets driven a lot. And actually, when I changed the air filter not that long ago, they were like around the battery area. There was those maple helicopters, mm. and I'd clean them out, uh, but there were none in my air box. 
So that was good. It's strange. I don't know that the traditional rodent techniques work on chipmunks. Uh, no, either. they don't because uh, when I pulled the Montero out of storage to go to that Cars and Coffee the other week, uh, they were all on top of the engine. Now, that engine smells like rodent urine too, so I need to clean that, and they were living on top of the battery. But I thought because I leave the battery tender in there, it creates a little bit of heat, so it's like a nice little warm space to to hide out. So I, so I cleaned that out and I was using it. And then I was like, the other day, last week, it was nice out. And I was going up to hang out with our buddy Jordan, help him wire up his rally car. I was like, oh, let me pull the G20 out and take it for a ride because I haven't driven it yet this year. So I pulled that out, opened the hood, and I had dryer sheets on top of the engine in the Sparkbug Valley. And it was filled with helicopters. I huh. think. So you made a little soft blanket for chipmunks so. in that one. Yeah. That's annoying. So now we need to figure out what stops chipmunks because I've never lived in a place where there was that many chipmunks that was a problem. So I think what it is, uh, my neighbors being really annoying, uh, I don't know. They don't Breeding chipmunks? Well, I guess so. They feed the birds, but they don't have bird feeders. They throw bird seed onto the ground, directly onto the ground. So when you look over there in the morning, there is... I've never seen chipmunks, but there's squirrels, there's birds. Uh, sometimes they throw chunks of large chunks of bread. So I've got seagulls out there in the morning. So it sounds like when I take Enzo out in the morning, I'm at the docks. Oh. It's like uh, it's, <laughs> that's terrible. why they're all they're all pooping all over the cars. My car had all bird poop stains all over it. I'm not one to make a complaint, but can you like complain to the city about this? Like that can't be legal. Um, I mean, we like I passive aggressively put up an owl box in the backyard, hoping to attract an owl. Right. Because owls will feed I on the chipmunks and they'll scare away other birds. I think you should passively aggressively adopt a coyote. That's the other thing. I they were the like all upset it. about coyotes coming in their yards and bothering their dogs. <laughs> you're feeding all these little animals. Hey, you're, like, you're literally feeding the animals, which draws the little animals here, which means you're also feeding the Stephanie coyotes. Says, like Cinderella's house over there. <laughs> yeah, it's literally like the entire food chain. Next thing you know, there's going to be a shark coming out of the pond behind your house just to eat we, the coyotes. I don't know what's next. Yeah, sometimes there's ducks. Uh, we we had, um, yeah, we had that yard cat that they took in right because they were worried about it being outside yeah, they stole there, whatever i'm not gonna argue yeah. with you over this but because the cat would literally <laughs> they stole your cat she would literally murder chipmunks for me and like i right. come home and she'd have dead ones in the, in the driveway i'm like cool thanks i'll give you a little bit of food so i guess it's time to have another cat but put a tag on it so that you know it's your cat yeah i don't want my cat, cat to go outside though because we said no another cat busy street another cat you know you can't be your cat it's gonna be another cat we need to have, this needs to be a full, like, little old lady who swallowed the fly story here by the time we're done. So that escalates until you have a lion. Yeah. And once you have a lion. Let's keep a bear in my backyard. Reach the ultimate. <laughs> Whatever. Good thing is bears don't try to burrow under your hood. I, I know. It's a crazy thing. I'm, so That's super I'm, annoying. I'd be very angry if my neighbor I've never that. seen, like, a chipmunk on the ground. But I know sometimes that in at night. The motion detector will go off in the driveway, so maybe they're running around out there. Uh, yeah, that's weird. I don't. 
Because what I'll do every now and then when I clean the cars is I clean under the hoods. And even like Stephanie's car, which gets driven a lot, there's been evidence of chipmunks on top of her engine. Yeah, her car gets driven almost every day. Yeah. That's wild. Yeah, I don't, I've never, like, again, your house isn't that far from where we grew up. It's the same kind of ecosystem. And we never had a chipmunk problem. I remember once, like, a chipmunk got in your dad's garage. Well... And it was running around. My family always had cats, outdoor cats. That's true. The, our old cat meatball would just murder everything. And he'd be over like yeah, all that's true. where you stored your cars. He'd always be over there hunting around. He saved all my yeah. cars. And I then, appreciate that. I mean, one, and the only time I've ever seen a chipmunk, he brought one in the house. It was stuck in the bathroom one time <laughs> to get it out of the house. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. The, well, that's yeah. super annoying. I'd be very annoyed if I had neighbors that were inviting rodents yeah. to the neighborhood to destroy my cars. Like that's and and air rodents to poop my cars. That's just yeah. gross. That cat even caught like any of those. Uh, a flying squirrel, which I'd never seen around here before. No, no, because <laughs> it was like it was definitely a flying squirrel. Because it was like it wasn't dead. He'd come he back like from stunned it, and then it like jumped onto the, you know the side of the deck like the post and it was like splayed out and you could see that it had like the wingsuit <laughs> it's like yeah. weird weird that that cat would disappear for weeks at a time because he's probably out in safari hunting <laughs> yeah. exotic animals and bringing them back for you who knows who knows how far away that cat went yeah but that's that's crazy it's super annoying now we need to I guess dig into what is uh repulsive to chipmunks for other than a yard cat because again, we don't want the little. The crazy thing is, they don't. Luckily, they don't chew anything. They just they're just making burrows. Sure, yeah, but they still like. I'm sure disease ridden and gross. Oh yeah, and like yeah. driving the Montero down to that uh, the donut meat. Then after it was parked, I'm like standing next to him, like, oh, I can smell the urine smell. Yeah, it's incredibly gross. Because they like to live in the valley of the engine, so super annoying. Need to come out here to Phoenix, where there's nothing like that at all. Like we have literally no weird things in our yard. Maybe because we have dogs and neighbors have cats. Yeah, the cat that lives in your starian. <laughs> starian cat, yes, exactly. <laughs> no, there's no. It's funny because when I when I first when we first bought this house, she was installing a doggy door, and I was like, I don't like that idea. <laughs> She's like, why? You don't have to let the dog out. I was like, yeah, but what about like raccoons and rabbits and rodents and possums and skunks? And she's like, when was the last time you saw any one of those things in Phoenix? And I was like, I don't know. I assume they're somewhere. And she's like, no, I don't have any of that stuff. It's weird. So, and here we are two years later, never had anything in the house but a dog. So, and I'm sure the cats are afraid of the dog, so they won't go through it. So, plus I wouldn't care if a cat came in the house. That's fine. She'd be upset because she's allergic, but I'd be happy to have a, a little friendly cat. So anyway, that's wild. I don't like it, but nope. I do have a little more project car updates as I'm thinking about things. I have done some more things and get back into back into my stuff. Was your get more on yours? No, I just have to. I mean, so far everything's fine. Like, I get, I get yeah, because you're just getting into. Automotive season. Yeah, I got to do an oil change so, in the G20 because I got a track night next week. I did buy excellent. some Motul 
oil to try out. So the higher zinc stuff for yeah. the which should be cars. good also for doing track days, doing a lot of RPMs. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I uh, dug a little into the Honda. I think I brought that up last yeah. week, right? The Honda was broken. The car I'd never even revealed that we had. So we dug a little into it. I took my boroscope over to where the car is, and we had the spark plugs out. And looking down each cylinder, and uh, one and two look totally normal. Four look totally normal. A number three was completely oil-soaked and gross-looking. The spark plug from number three also was completely covered in what looks like a mix of oil and coolant. So the assumption there is that it's not a whole motor that's gone bad. It's a head gasket. Yeah. That's that's the assumption we can come up with. And, you know, we got a little bit of a compression reading out of it. And the more times we tested it, the lower it got. So my assumption is that something there is in the head gasket is just failing a little at a time. And it's not doing anything as far as compression goes when the car is running. So we're going to, or I ordered the head gasket, timing belt, water pump, you know, upper gasket set, as well as some spark plugs and head bolts. And we're going to continue to take it off. Oh, and I say timing belt, a timing belt as well. So we're going to continue to take it off. And if winds up being a bad head gasket, then great. We'll send the head out and have it planed, put the new head gasket on and call it a day. Right. So hopefully that's all it is. Uh, do you want to take a stab in the dark of what all those parts cost? So head gasket, head bolts, upper gasket set, timing belt, water pump. Uh, I don't know, 120 bucks. You're off by $3. It was $123. So I don't know why we don't just have nothing but Hondas, man. They are so cheap. So plentiful, so cheap. Like, doesn't cost anything. So that made me happy. But hopefully it's all it is. We're going to do a little more digging, but we have the parts to throw it right back together if that's all it is. And move on to the next step with that car. So, and then the Cressida, the 1981 Cressida, which I keep saying is like this close to being done is at this point still just this close to being done. Yeah. The fuel line that goes from the filter to the hard line that goes back to the mm-hmm. tank had a split in it. It looks like it was actually chewed by a rodent. Does not look like a normal split because the rest of the line is totally pliable and good. So I'm assuming that it was torn by a rodent because it was up under a little shield along the frame rail where it would have a perfect place for a rodent to make a nest. So I got that out. Nobody makes that line. So I think we talked on the podcast before when you had to make new lines for the Montero fuel pump lines. Yeah. That they, they crimped on fittings. And if we take take like a whiz wheel, you can cut right through that. And there's just a standard hose nipple on each end. Yeah. So I did all that in preparation for putting new fuel lines on. Uh, nobody stocks the correct size fuel line in a fuel injection no. pressure. So I, I got all my stuff from Jags or Summit. Yeah, I had to order everything online, so I'm waiting on that now. Yeah, I got So I was able to get a couple. So I, I need four different sizes to put this yeah, car back got, together, two of which were stocked at AutoZone, and then the other two I had to order Yeah, online. I got 
good Earl's uh, Earl's Earl's line. Like a good Earl's Earl's. My why, why why can't I okay. say it right now? It's Earl. I'm saying good. Earl's. <laughs> it's Earl's with an S. Earl's. It's like apostrophe, like Earl's U line. It's some like yeah, Earl. Earl. It's Earl in that ground. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I got some nice stuff of that because it's not like non permeable and um, they're nice fuel injection clamps, not warm clamps. Yeah, I, I I got the fuel injection clamps. That wasn't yeah. an issue, but it was getting line that was rated for more than like three bar, which is not enough to support fuel yeah, injection. Like Thirty to forty psi. So, well, yeah, three bar is that. Three bar is forty five. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, I, what I was reading was that's like the upper limit of the hose that's rated at three bar. So, the stuff that I got is like eight bar. So I don't have to worry about it oh. at all. I just figured I'd right, rather over, rather overkill. That it fuel injection is not like more than like forty five psi. No, it's not high pressure. Yeah, you're probably right. Anyway, you're right. Like, the pump was six direct injection is like fifteen hundred psi at the pump. No, that's way different. Yeah, yeah, that's way um, different. I know it's not direct injection, but I was just afraid that because everybody would, everybody made me scared that I shouldn't run the non fuel injection line. And the line literally says right on it, not for fuel injection. Well, yeah, there's you need a fuel injection line because, yeah, it's it's rated. Right. But the, so the stuff that says not for fuel injection also says three bar, which is 45 PSI. Oh, I don't know. I don't know then. So that's why I was like, it says not for fuel injection. I'm just going to go ahead and get something else. Maybe I'm erroring the side of caution here, but I'm going to anyway because I don't want to do this whole job again. So... Anyway, the fuels line should be here shortly. So fingers crossed I can put it together this weekend because I'm getting antsy now. It's been too long. And it's like right at that point where it's like, it's so close. You know what I mean? Like it's right there. And I just haven't been able to do it yet. On the good side, I did get the windshield in the car. Oh, real quick. That, that is the the Ron method on the fuel lines. That's where I picked it up from. Yes. Yeah, we did on Hysterion. So you learned to do it on the... yeah. Montero, I don't know where he got it, Cressida. but that's Ron told me about that. Yep. So the Cressida did get a new windshield put in it because it came with a terribly cracked, very badly cracked windshield. It looked made the whole car look way worse than it was. Got the new windshield in. It it's it makes the car look it's significantly better. It's amazing how much better it looks. Just replacing a smashed windshield. It looks way less abandoned. Was it like I smashed? Guess, or so it's cracked. It was, it wasn't like, like a hit a person smashed, just like your, but it had lots of cracks. Like a angry girlfriend in a baseball bat smashed. It kind of had that look to it. Yeah. Like something fell on it at one point and it was, there were a couple of points of impact. So I don't know if like a tree branch fell on it or what at some point in his life, but it was definitely a disaster. So it had to go. Uh, I had been talking to another, you know, Cressida enthusiast and they were telling me that windshields were impossible to find. So I started doing some digging, looking for a shop that would build one, which is also hard to find. Yeah, you talked about this. There is a shop in California. Yeah. But anyway, so I found the windshield. And the... Finally came in. Yeah, and that guy was the expert that did it? The the expert came in. He's been doing it since the 70s. He used to work at a shop that did an account for a Toyota dealer. So he knew how to do 70s, 80s Toyota windshields. Uh, he took every molding off around the windshield and... You're not familiar with the car, but it's surrounded by chrome moldings. 
one of which covers the entire A pillar on the outside. So if you break that, then you have this very ugly thing. But he managed to get off every single molding without breaking even one 40-year-old clip. Nice. Which is pretty impressive. So he took off the cowl. The only thing he had to break were the clips that, they're like push pins that hold the cowl in the front, which isn't a big deal. They're just plastic push pins. There was no way to save those. But he took that out, all the stainless screws, because the whole, all the moldings are also held in with clips and stainless steel screws, yeah. which is nice. All those came out nice. Got the old windshield out. He goes, oh, somebody put this in wrong. I was like, okay. He's like, it was a re- definitely a replacement. He goes, it should have a certain kind of molding that goes around here and then have the, um, I can't think of what it's called on top of my head, the black gummy stuff. Yeah, the butyl tape. Butyl. Yeah. Dumb, dumb. It should have the butyl. Yeah, it should have the butyl as like just a little extra in the end. It shouldn't just be entirely included in there with butyl. So he installed it properly. Uh, it looks perfect. The windshield moldings are all back on it. And I was looking at it. It's not even a cheap Chinese glass. It's actually a PPG glass. Nice. So yeah, it's a it's a pretty big come up for the car. And it makes it look so much better. He also gave me the contact for a guy who he says is a miracle with vinyl to fix the dashboards. I'm like, okay. So right. we'll see how that works out too. So yeah, it worked out pretty well. I was like, man, I need to keep your number handy because uh, I got some more work for you in the backyard. And he goes, well, you better hurry up because I retired a year and a half ago and I can't leave. I'm trying to get out of oh, here. Oh, really? <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. So he's still working for the guy, but he's officially retired a while ago. Tell pay him on the side for old cars every once in a while. Oh, 100% I would, yeah. Well, it's funny. So part of the story that I meant to tell and forgot, the passenger side door decided that it didn't want to open. So when I got the car, the outside handle did not work, but you could open it from the inside. And I was like, all right, that's on my list of things that I have to fix because, again, it's a project car. So I went to open the door, and I was like, oh, yeah, that's right, too. The handle doesn't work. So I crawled across to open it because you have to open the door to get the windshield moldings off. And it wouldn't open from the inside handle. And I was like, oh, what the hell? So now I'm like frustrated and I'm messing around with the outside lock. And it feels like the lock assembly itself isn't turning enough. Like the key tumbler is not going far enough. So I'm trying to get the tumbler to move and it won't move. And the whole time I'm trying to do that, he gets in the car from the driver's side. Again, knows Toyotas. Crawls across. And he has the entire door panel off cleanly, not broken. Within five minutes. So I can reach in there and I can release the latch from the inside. Nice. Yeah, like if anybody else had come to do this, they would have had to come back because they wouldn't even attempted to help me by taking the door apart. This guy was the best. So if anybody needs a windshield done in Phoenix, Dave's Metro Auto Glass. Highly recommended. So I gave him and his partner a, a big tip to buy him lunch because cool. that was above and beyond service. You yeah. know what I mean? Like... That certainly is not something you expect, especially not in 2022. But it seems like all these companies just have, you know, bottom of the barrel, low paid employees trying to do this stuff now. And this was like a true professional quality job. And I can't, I cannot say enough about how good the job was. So the windshield's in the car. It looks really good. I want to find one of those companies now that does the clear film on the outside. It's supposed to stop with the rock chips and Mm. whatnot. So that's the the windshield anyway. It's a thing everywhere now. A lot of uh, antique car guys are getting it done for, again, harder to find, harder to replace glass. Hmm. 
It's uh, almost like it's different than the paint protection film on the hoods and stuff. It's a different material and it's really good at it's self healing and it's really good at like reflecting stones. And I was watching a video on it recently where they put it around just the edge of the windshield, not even the surface in the middle. And like they're throwing rocks at it and something about the frequency of this stuff on the glass protects the glass from, from breaking. It's weird. It's weird. But technology is crazy. Yeah, Because like the way you're describing it it totally sounds like snake oil, but (laughs) a hundred percent it does. And I listen, I, yeah, maybe it is, but I think that the clear film over the windshield itself it's also good because it'll stop from the like sand pitting, which is a thing out here. Yeah. So it's like a tear off on a race yeah. car windshield, you know? Uh, maybe that's where they get the uh, technology from. It could be. I don't know. But it, it's like ultra clear, ultra thin, and it uh, supposedly does a miracle job to save windshields. So I'm, I'm willing to try it. Hmm. But I think that's it for Project Cars. I don't think I've touched anything else other than that. Everything else is just kind of sitting around waiting its turn, but nothing else going on there. Yeah. I don't have much car news either. I don't think I have a lot of, hasn't been a lot going on. You went to an event, you talked to, you went to uh, the donut event. Or we talked about that last week. That was week. last week. Yeah. I literally did. I did no car events last weekend. Huh. It's unusual for you. I even drove by one. Yeah, I even drove by one, but it didn't stop. We just had other stuff going on, and it just didn't. Uh, it didn't happen. So I don't. Uh, I have nothing to report, man. That's not good. Yeah. I'm not doing my job. No, I guess not. I'm not doing my job. There were some crazy auction results. So. Oh, it has been a weird yeah. week in auctions, hasn't it? Yeah. How about, and mostly 90s stuff or 80s, 90s stuff. Is that yeah, like about? that Fox body, uh, Cobra R, go for like uh, six figures or something. Yeah, but that's not even anything. Do you want to know what Bring a Trailer sold today? Speaking of Fox bodies. No, what did they sell today? I must miss that. So. So Bring a Trailer sold a 1993 Mustang convertible okay. with the saline mm-hmm. package. Uh, it's a low mile car. It's not a delivery mile car. It has been driven like 12,000 miles. Um, do you want to stab in the dark at what a 12,000 mile 93 saline convertible sold for? Mm, I don't know. 35 grand. Oh, come on now. If I, it wouldn't be newsworthy at 35 grand. Wouldn't be? No. A 12,000 mile Fox body? Even a GT 12,000 oh, miles is okay, like okay, 75. Okay, okay. So this is a, sa- a 12,000 mile saline convertible. Black on black, five speed. All the typical saline stuff, the lower body kit. The convertibles all have that one rollover hoop, the big wing. All right, 95,000. Two hundred and twenty-six thousand dollars. Uh what? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yep. Wow. So it's not even stock. It has a couple of mods. Boys and it has some different wheels. Yeah. Right. It's just. It just doesn't. Yeah. 
Well, I guess they are saline wheels. Maybe I'm wrong. I thought 17s would be too big for them, but I guess not. Yeah, that was their thing. So, yeah. But anyway, yeah, $226,000 for a Mustang, a Fox body. I was talking earlier with a friend at work about it, and I sent him a picture of the dashboard. And it was literally just like from outside, like the driver's window, looking at the seats, the front of the seats, like the, the, the knee bolsters and the dash and the steering wheel. And it has that standard Ford airbag steering wheel. Yep. And I was like, man, imagine paying $226,000 for this view. Like, I know. Just to sit in this driver's seat. Like, I don't even want to get too into like the whole, there are better ways to spend your money, but spending $226,000 and sitting at the driver's seat of a 1993 Mustang is just, especially, it just seems like a bridge too far. Because we've sat ones that were like three grand. And it's the same, it's the same <laughs> it's view. The same. Nothing has changed. There's no, it still yeah. feels as crummy in the build quality. And it has that same steering wheel that was in a Ford Taurus. Like, it's just, I don't know. It just seems like a, it seems like a anomaly, like even a bigger anomaly than there should be. And then also at the end of, I think it was the end of last week, there was a Saab 900 that's holding bring a trailer. Yeah. And it wasn't even, it wasn't even a very low mile car. It was an SPG. So it's, I guess you could say it's the equivalent of a saline and a, and a Saab, right? Has 67,000 miles, which is low for a 1991 car, I guess. But it sold for $57,000. And nothing means anything anymore, basically, I guess is where we are. Yeah, that was wild. It's all... It's all... And then the best deal on Craigslist... uh, Sorry, on Bringer Trailer was that VW Quantum today. Okay, I didn't see that. You sent it. You sent it to me. Oh, I did. What did it sell for? It's like thirty five hundred dollars. Perfect. So yeah, we were saying there still is a market for the weird, like like a good condition, unloved car will still sell for a decent price, right? That's an eighty five Volkswagen Quantum. It's basically an Audi five thousand chassis, uh, which is a B two Passat. The rest of the world got the Quantum as a Passat. You know, it's a decent car, fairly low miles for the year, 125,000. Uh, same as the in, same inline five, it's in the Audi 4000. Uh, automatic transmission probably hurt the car a lot. But yeah, 3500 bucks, it's an easy little driver. Somebody put the Passat logos on it instead of the Quantum logos just to kind of make it probably more recognizable in today's market. But yeah, it's pretty neat. But then also, currently, on Bring a Trailer, yeah. we were talking about station wagons today at work, and this car came up. It's a 2011 Mercedes-Benz E350. Okay. It's not an AMG. It's not anything special. It's a 3.5 liter V6. It's got 57,000 miles on it. It's an 11. Is it the this car was all-drive one? It is all-wheel drive. It's a formatic, which um, I always thought meant a four-speed transmission. Oh, that'd be weird, especially not two thousand eleven. I know, car. but they use that formatic for a, a long four time. Four automatic, yeah, <laughs> I guess. Right. <laughs> anyway, it means four-wheel drive. 
So this car is a 2011 with like 60,000 miles on it, which is obviously low. Um, I don't understand. Okay, it's a bad bill. It's bad. It's a bad bid. All right, digging a little deeper. It's at one hundred twenty thousand dollars right now, and I was like, "What is happening?" <laughs> yeah, but it looks like somebody must have fat fingered it. So never mind. News off. Okay. News over. It's not news. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, "What? Why is this car at one hundred twenty grand?" <laughs> All right, never mind. Nobody's paying one hundred twenty grand for Mercedes Benz E three fifty. Crisis averted. Yeah. The bid before it was eleven five, oh, so I assume they 12. meant to put twelve thousand. Yeah, <laughs> it should have been fixed by now. It shouldn't be at a point where it's been that way for a while. Weird. So, all right, pa- panic crisis averted, no issues. But yeah, the world the world is weird. We know that. You know, I I wish I had a, I wish my turbo diesel wagon was worth fifty grand or something stupid, but it wasn't. So, it is what it is. I don't know. It's I don't even I don't, I don't I honestly Andrew, I just don't even want to talk about car values anymore. None of it makes sense. I don't have I don't have any way to to suss it out. Oh, I don't know. I use at least on auction sites, you got to you know buy a private sale or something. I think if you want a deal. Yeah. Clearly. You know the bad automotive news that came out this week. What was that? E15. Oh yeah, it's annoying. Yep. So it's not going to affect your daily driver much, but it's the kind of thing that's going to affect your cars that sit. Yeah. You know, the more ethanol content that's in the fuel, the faster it goes bad and the more it gums up. Mm-hmm. So it looks like to combat prices, they're going to be allowing E15 instead of E10, which is, like I said, it's not, it's not great. But cars that parked a lot, it's going to be an issue. Yeah. So just as a a heads up for people, make sure you... You live in an area where it's probably easier to find ethanol-free fuel. There's like an app. Uh, Not in the city. I guess I've never looked. Yeah, there's an app for it. You can look up. It's like pure gas. Um, Okay. There's not a lot of places around here, but probably in your area, it's probably more common. You think... I don't think you I know. Better fuel mileage without it too. So, but I digress. Hmm. I'll have to start. I'll have to start looking for it because I I do not know. I have never, I've never searched. So, but yes, E fifteen is coming. Just uh, you, you'll know because the pump will say E fifteen. You know what you're putting in there. Mm. And like I said, it's really not a huge issue as far as most cars go. But if you're looking for a car that's you know not used as often and gets parked and stuff might go bad, then that's going to be a different story. So, mm-hmm. anyway, that's it. I think we had a short episode today, Andrew. I don't have much else going on. Do you? No, I I feel like there was something else, but I don't remember. Excellent. Well, put it put it through for next week. Yeah. When we'll have more projects done and more stuff happening and uh, be good to go. Because there was a New York Auto Show, but I don't even think anything really cool debuted. I haven't seen anything. I've seen a bunch of weird old stuff that they've been promoting at the New York Auto Show this year. Like the whole eBay Motors display is New York Auto Show. Uh, There was some weird diecast stuff that happened like 
congruently to it in places next door to it, which was weird. Oh, I didn't know about that. Well, they done some new diecast stuff. Yeah, just nothing, nothing important has happened. So, I think we should uh, just give it an end and come back next week with a full plate. All right, cool. So, follow us uh, on Off Topic Podcast on Facebook, on Off Topic on Instagram, on Off Topic on Twitter. I'm on Twitter, Race and Anger, and on Instagram. And Brad, where can they find you? They can find me on Instagram at TSISS350, as always. All right, cool. Keep cars analog and aim for the road. Yeah.